Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hello. Yeah, hi. So, we didn't do an introduction, did we, for Series 4? No. We got a little bit excited, eager beavers, just got cracking. And actually... We cracking, didn't we? Yeah. We, we normally all, uh, normally record a an intro, but we didn't. So, th- we're going to do an intro mid-series. <laughs> a mid A mid-tro. A mid-tro. Yeah, that's what we're doing. It's a mid-tro. like it a lot. A mid-tro, not a mid-tro. Oh, no, it is a mid-tro. Anyway, call it what you will. Here we are, filling your ear holes with our delightful banter or shanta. We should probably mention we went out on the Raz at the weekend. We sure as Shirley did. We went to the Glow Mama Awards. It was lovely, wasn't it? Simon Webb from Blue. Oh, that was your... Sure. Everyone that I've shown that video to has said, Laura, he doesn't look like he wants to be doing that. And I was like, no, he didn't. I was saying that to you in real life and it still didn't stop you. I was going, please, mate, please. <laughs> please don't. Uh, one love. And then he yeah. looked at the camera and saw that it was recording and then he recording. joined in. Yeah. He went, probably mother's bread. <laughs> probably because he thought you were doing a live and thought, I might come off looking like a real twat here. <laughs> He didn't join in. That's probably literally the only basis he had for whether or not he's going to join in. Anyway, we're going to be having his wife on the podcast. We are. She seemed like such an inspirational lady. And she she won an award, didn't she? She did. She did. In fact, I think the award for was for inspirational lady. Yeah, something like that. But anyway, she has a a, a very inspiring story. So you should look her up. Her name is Ashen Webb. Yeah, she's like Carmen great. Webb. <laughs> Yeah. So, and it was actually quite cute because she won her award and it was like an extra award. And then he came on the stage behind her. She didn't know he was there. And I think helped along by the fact that everyone, apart from me, was quite pissed by this stage. <laughs> that everyone was like, oh my God! Oh my God, it's Simon Webb! It's Simon Do you know what I found the funniest is on social media over the, the next day or so, people were writing... Um, things like oh eight-year-old me got really excited and I was like eight you were eight when Blue was out I was like yeah. really old that is a really really depressing because yeah. we I was already 40 when Blue were around <laughs> <laughs> or looked 40 yeah I texted my husband and went Simon Simon Webb from Blue's here and then when I got home he'd looked him up and there was and I like don't get me wrong Simon Webb looks great but mm. he had all these pictures of blue on my laptop and I was like, oh, bloody hell, yeah, that takes me back. The old <laughs> floppy hair and the oiled chest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's aged well. He has aged well, yeah, not like me. <laughs> we had um, a little sing song and it was lovely. And we got to meet some people IRL that we've been uh, chatting to online, so that was cool. Um, uh, a highlight of mine was Bryony from Bake Off. Yes. You didn't remember her? No, I, I, I absolutely do remember her, but I didn't. I'm so sorry uh, if, if you're listening, Bryony. I didn't know 
who you were at the time. I thought, yeah, you were a lovely girl. And I was like, what, the one with the lovely face and the fringe? And you were like, yeah, yeah, she's she's famous. And I was like, but this is me. This is me and Laura to a T. Because when we got there, I had to say, please, if we know anyone, please tell me who they are. Because I don't really look at social media. Sorry. No. But yeah, it was really lovely. We got dressed up. I even plucked my chin hairs. We plucked, we plucked and we extended our other hairs. <laughs> Our eyelashes. Not pubes. <laughs> eyelashes. <laughs> Our pubes extensions. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. It was it was nice to nice to be out. We've done a couple of in real life events now, and it's um just makes me realise everything we were missing out on with bloody lockdown. Yeah, it was nice, but can I just recap briefly? Um, I know that you know this already, but I had my eyelashes extended by the most frightening woman in the world. <laughs> And Laura told me, I'm not a big, I'm not one for kind of doing this sort of stuff. So it's the first time I've ever done it. And Laura told me she was doing hers. This is basically why I do stuff because Laura's like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, oh, I might do that. Yeah. And she said, oh, it'd take about an hour and a half. How are you going to sit still with your eyes closed for an hour and a half? So I was sort of panicking about that. Turns out I didn't need to panic about that because it took half an hour. What did she, she say when you said, well, it was, it was so quick? She said, well, first she said, it is quick because I am good. I am efficient. I am quick. I am good. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then she went, and you have very tiny eyes. <laughs> oh, fucking brilliant. Cheers, love. But it was the most brutal thing I've ever experienced. She taped it. I felt like something from fucking Clockwork Orange. You see that <laughs> when their eyes are like, she taped down my bottom eyelashes, but the tape, I could feel it rubbing against one of my eyeballs. <laughs> and I was scared to move. You won't be and doing it, that again. I will. I might do it again, but not with her. No. Went afterwards, when we were talking about it, and you were like, "I usually fell asleep. I usually fall asleep." I was like, "No, there is no way." I I was gripping onto the bed. There is. I I I felt honestly when I walked out, I had like my shoulders were sore, my neck was sore because I was holding on for dear life. I nearly cried, and then the only reason I didn't cry was because I thought she might tell me off. <laughs> She would have told you off. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that was my eyelash experience. Was it worth it? Pfft, don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. We um, our course is launched today. Yes, I'm so excited. I don't know why. Like, I I love it. The day the launch day, I love. But I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. I think it's like spring, and it's like. I don't know. I just feel really kind of zhuzhed up. Zhuzhed up. We've yeah. got a Zoom call tonight where we get to meet everyone for the first time. There's a few familiar faces in there, people who've been on our other courses. But, yeah, it's super exciting. Yes. And obviously, like, as soon as this course goes live, it means that you can book in for the next one. Yeah. Have we got a start date for that yet? Maybe uh, I think we need to talk about that. I think, I think that's something that you and I should talk about. Yeah. off podcast <laughs> um but potentially maybe, maybe on an instagram live why not why not that's how we do most of our most effective work big business um, decisions on instagram lives <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the trying to conceive course and the pathway to recovery both launching and then also this month is march which is pregnancy after loss awareness month yes we've got lots of people on our pregnancy after loss course because it's a it's a self-paced course that doesn't um it, it doesn't expire so you're enrolled in it for as long as you need it for 
And, yeah. Um, so there's lots of people on that. It'd be nice to see some some more people. We don't talk about it very much because we know it's obviously quite triggering. Um, Not as little as we talk about Bruno. <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. <laughs> I've been trying to get we don't talk about Bruno into one of our posts. Oh, I don't know why? We don't. I've, I was like. Because I just feel we talk about a lot that we do talk about, and I feel like we don't talk about Bruno. Should well, I think there's a pregnancy after loss post coming soon, so maybe you could pop it into that. Oh, okay. Just like Bruno, we don't talk much about pregnancy after loss. Yeah. No, we don't, because when we first kicked off the pregnancy after loss course, um, we talked about it a bit more, didn't we? But we don't like it's not when you're not in that space. It's not something you necessarily want to hear about, is it? No. It's certainly not. Not not the level we go on about things no <laughs> that, is, that is true oh, so, funny yeah, well, there will be some pregnancy after loss talk this month because it is pregnancy after loss month yes um but funnily enough one of our most popular podcast episodes is the podcast that you and I did on pregnancy after loss oh, yeah right I think it's because I remember one person getting in touch with us one of the girls who was on our pathway to recovery and she said that she listens to the pregnancy after loss episode over and over again because there aren't many so you reckon it was just her oh no I don't know (laughs) but yeah I don't know why it's such it's such a popular one yeah Hmm. anyway maybe let us know if you've got any insights into why it's such a popular episode let us know Hmm. or is it just that that one person listening to it over and over yeah, if you've listened to it over three thousand times also that's why <laughs> let's <us> know <laughs> yeah. uh, what else is going on um well we're just counting down the days and months and weeks to the book launch aren't we now yes we are <laughs> or you're going to say something dickish no you? i just thought of something else i just thought of something else but um yes what were you saying the book launch yeah fourth of august so every time we talk about it on stories we go up we rock it up in the amazon charts to number 17 it's always number 17 i've never seen it higher than that but um yeah that's really exciting yeah and so the way that we rock it up is because people people buy it funnily enough yeah they pre-order it so so the way it works okay is that well this is what we've been told like we don't know anything about anything apart from baby loss which we now know a lot about but (laughs) when you pre-order it all the pre-order sales go into the sales figures for the first week of when it's out yeah so all everything that's been ordered so we we it's been available to pre-order since last year Mm -hmm. can't remember when october maybe yeah about that so every single copy that has been pre-ordered between last October, let's say for argument's sake, and next August will go into that first week. So realistically, it is the only chance that we'll ever have of getting into some chart at somewhere, either here or wherever else it's being published, which maybe yeah. we should find out. So what that means is you can help us massively by pre-ordering your copy. If we can get into some sort of chart somewhere, it means that people will start to notice us. Yeah. I mean, continue. I mean, more people will notice us. More people will. And it, and because I think we've got such a catchy name, people will, it will stick with people. And I think that's so fundamental to what we're trying to do is to, we want to become a household name, not for any sort of fame or record. Well, no, <laughs> not some like fame or fortune or anything, but just because I know if, if we were a household name, 
and everyone knew where to point people mm. when they were going through this devastating experience. Like the world would be such a less isolating place for members of our community. Yeah. And that would be good. That would be, be good. That would be good. That was a, that was a, I mean, that was a long winded way of saying order our book. Order the book. And we're also more likely to get on Meet Lorraine Kelly as well. Yeah. There was well that. In the charts. Mm. I don't think my sort of lifelong thing is um, Graham Norton. But I think you have to be proper A-list for that. Yeah, you? I think, I think, I think. Unless we can get into that red chair. What red chair? Yeah, oh, the one that flips you back. Yeah. <laughs> That's our only chance of ever getting one. No, sit on my lap. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll tell about the time when you fucking sung, well, love. <laughs> Simon Webb. <laughs> yeah. That does sound like my singing voice, actually. Right. <laughs> oh i'll share the video i'll share the video oh i don't feel that you have to <laughs> yeah you looked <laughs> in the video i just come in at the last minute like <laughs> just some, some sort of goony smile just like oh you should <laughs> be involved in this i had only had two glasses of prosecco at that point i have to say i wasn't even drunk i was just high on like as, as, as if I was a teenager again and I was like all like giddy yeah you were definitely that was that de- that was definitely the vibe I was getting from you <laughs> twatty teenager cool. yeah and the other thing that I thought of when we we're talking about earlier about IRL events is um how the old crimbo yeah. crimbo party yeah it's creeping up isn't it yeah <laughs> we rearranged it and it's the it's on the uh Christmas parties on the 30th of April yes that's correct it is and we're really excited about about the Christmas party that's right we didn't sound very excited then (laughs) we're very excited about the Christmas party Uh, we've booked our Airbnb yeah we have um, there are some tickets left I believe yeah there is there are on a which are for sale just in our shop on our website yeah party tickets so we'd love to meet you IRL, bring a friend, bring a mate, bring your other half, whatever. Come and party with us. Essentially, it's not, we're not, we might do a little speech, but it won't be too long, we promise. Um, and it's just going to be a night of drinking and dancing and um, a few little fancy pants nibbles, isn't it? Nothing yeah. too, nothing too heavy, just some networking. Yeah, you know. well, that sounds a bit gay. Yeah, I'm, just- I'm wearing trainers, FYI. No, she's not, but I she think she is at the moment and that's fine. Um, I'm wearing trainers. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Defo. Mm. Okay. Well, maybe we'll see nearer the time what you can wear. Okay. Well, if it's if it's warm enough, I'll wear flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> if it's too cold, I'll wear Ugg boots. They're, they're, they're my go-tos. Okay. Sure. This is this is the problem that you have when you have feet that are two sizes different. That what what that that doesn't even make sense. This the is proper the problem. shoes. Proper shoes don't fit, and they're too uncomfortable. Buy two. Do you know what? Bite the bullet and buy two different size pair of shoes. You told me the other day that there's a Facebook group for people with amputees. Amputees. Yeah, so get yourself on that. I'm sick of all your excuses. <laughs> I'm sick of your poor me with my two different size feet. I don't know why I can't just wear trainers in this day and age. Anything goes, right? Don't you think that like fashion isn't even really a thing anymore oh my god what is wrong with you the fashion is to just wear whatever the fuck you want 
I think the fashion is like pajamas downstairs, smart top upstairs. I mean, on your top half and bottom half because it's Zoom, isn't it? It's the Zoom fashion. Oh, got you. <laughs> so not like going with this. What's <laughs> she talking about? Not like if you're downstairs, put your pajamas on. That's what I'm thinking. No, I meant you know, no, no bottoms on, but you wear a top. And when you're downstairs, what are you topless <laughs> and wear pajamas? What? No, I think that's. Uh, yeah, well, I I shall dress up because I like dressing up. Will you get your eyelashes done again? No, I fucking won't. <laughs> Not by that Russian, that crazy Russian lady. Stick some mascara on. Yeah, I will. I will. I might not even have eyelashes back by then. I mean, I, mean, <laughs> I might not have eyelashes at all because I don't know what's going to happen to them over the next few days. Long. It's only like six weeks away. Oh, bloody hell. Morning. Sorry, guys. <sighs> yeah, it's about six weeks away. Something right. like that. Anyway. Anyway, talk about it's bank holiday about... weekend, isn't it? It's a what? Bank holiday weekend. So yeah, if you're not local to London town, get yourself down for the weekend. I ballsed it right up again, though. You know, I booked it for my mate's double hand. Uh, my hand. Oh, mate. I was there. I was there. Yeah. But now I've, I've realised that it's on the Saturday and I'm going to her wedding in Doncaster on the Monday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That anyway, that's all fine. It's all fine. You know, it's all fine. It'll all be all right on the night. Yeah, indeed. All right, should we actually talk about something of value? Yeah, well, when we were talking about um, doing a podcast, we would, we realised that one topic that comes up time and time again that we haven't really covered very much in itself is toxic positivity. We sort of talk about it here and there, but um, oh. it needed a little bit of ranting about yeah i'm just getting my charger because my battery's gonna die okay cool i'll um i'll hold the fort so um toxic positivity oh this is so this is something we talked about on that man podcast wasn't it yes and they didn't know what it was they'd never heard of it they loved the term they did they were all over that a little bit excited about it yeah so basically so let's just for anyone who hasn't heard the term toxic toxicity (laughs) toxic positivity so toxic positivity is this kind of I really feel like it's been a movement lately and you can get it it's sort of emblazoned over everything you know it's the whole good vibes only and it's all about sort of plastering over how you really feel with how you should feel and I don't know if it's it's come about in a kind of fake it till you make it type way yeah I was just thinking the exact same thing it is like it's it's sort of pretending isn't it pretending that everything's okay yeah you will feel okay um but do you know what in some in some respects I am a bit of a I do think that fake it till you make it has a has a place because I think we can get in such a negative mindset about certain things mm-hmm. that actually it's more it's 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 the Pavl- pavlov's dog thing isn't it i thought you were gonna say pavlova i was gonna say pavlova and then i realized that was wrong and i looked like an idiot pavlova's dog <laughs> was name was Marag. <laughs> so the i think the yeah i think i think we as humans we we are in danger of spiraling i thought you were yeah. gonna tell us about pavlova's dog then Oh, okay, if you haven't heard of Pav, Pav, Pavlo, Pavlo, Pavlov's dog, <laughs> basically a psychological experiment that they did, whereas they introduced stimulus and looked at response. Okay, so they had 
a bell and they rang the bell and presented the dog with food. So every time they rang the bell, there was the food and the dog started salivating. Eventually, they rang the bell with no food and the dog started salivating. You know, the dog started dribbling. (laughs) And so if you you have a stimulus and it provokes a reaction, whether or not that, you know, is the 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 sort of reward is actually there. And mm. I think that as humans, we're in a bit in danger of associate it's association and we associate something with something else, and that can spin us into a negative frame of mind. I'm trying to think of an example like like if you if you don't like your for example. <laughs> And you know where she lives. <laughs> you might start to not like that area of town. She listened to this, by the way. I uh, who? <laughs> Mate, I'm just talking about an example here. Oh, okay. Mine's lovely, by the way. I just want to say because. Um. So you might start to not go to that part of town because you associate it with something that you feel uncomfortable with. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> is, that, is that is that enough? Yeah, I yeah, I uh, don't really know where you've gone with that. But, uh, <laughs> that did go a bit awful. But essentially, what I mean, what, what are we supposed to be talking about? Toxic positivity. So, no, no, fake it. I was going with fake it till you make it. So I have to make myself, I mean, one might have to make themselves go to an area that they don't want to go down and be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then they can go there without worrying about it. Cool, cool, cool. So um, so moving on, I'm, I am I don't know if that bit will get cut or not, but um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, toxic positivity in relation to baby loss, right? So this is all the at least, this is people being, putting a positive spin on shit that you've gone through so oh at least it was early that's them trying to be positive and make you feel better but this is why it's toxic because it doesn't make you feel better no but that's a second you might think and I know I did the first couple of times it happened to me at the beginning I was like oh yeah that's true at least it was early and you try and think in that way yourself but it is toxic because that means that you're not really understanding and appreciating what an enormous shitstorm it is yeah totally and I think I think also also like to you know with with stuff like that it's like with the good vibes only stuff and you know all that stuff that's emblazoned over everything and this stuff it's it's like saying to feel bad is not okay why are you smiling (laughs) I'm just thinking maybe we should have planned this out a bit better (laughs) rehearsed it love our edgy (laughs) approach really sorry guys this is probably up there with one one of our most random podcasts apologies people I've forgotten my. I've lost my train of thought now, and I feel like that's one, mate. I don't know if you had one. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So no, 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 no. I'm back. I'm back. So if you're if you're saying like positive vibes only and feel good and at least this and at least that and forcing this kind of it's basically saying if you feel like shit, that's not okay, and there is no room in your life for feeling like shit. But actually, if you lived your life 
wanting to be happy all the time, you're in for a massive disappointment because being unhappy and feeling grief and having, you know, emotion besides contentability, contentness, contentment, contentment, whatever being, if you have, it's like saying, if you have emotions that are anything other than content, being content, it's not okay. And you need to get rid of them. And actually that's not the case because in so many ways you grow from being, from having a range of emotions don't you because as a person you learn to adapt and adjust your behavior accordingly and cope and stuff like that and obviously that that facilitates you as a multifaceted person like a 3d person if we're constantly telling people that they need to be happy and they need to be positive and they need to be you know at least this is they need to look on the bright side all the time it's 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 just it just provokes this sort of ridiculous sense of of that you're failing because you cannot hold that one emotion of happiness in your life the whole time which is why there's so much silence around the topic of miscarriage and baby loss isn't it because people feel like they're not meant to be sad and that they should be over it because at least this and at least that so then they don't talk about it and then that's that eats them up inside it also perpetuates the cycle of it being so silenced because if you don't talk about it and you're not open about it, the person, you know, your best mate who goes through it might not know. And then, then they don't talk about it and they think, well, they didn't, they didn't discuss it and and they were fine. They carried on. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a a cycle of of shame, silence and shame. You having a stroke, mate? (laughs) No, someone will write in saying that saying that it's not nice to uh, take the piss out of people having a stroke. She's not, she's not. It's just because I'm struggling today slightly with my words. I haven't had a drink either before anyone suggests that. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think, as you say, it does perpetuate this kind of shame and silence and, and, and this is fundamentally what we need to break. I've said fundamentally a lot today. You have, you have. But um, what about ways of dealing with toxic positivity from people? Well, I think all of your ways are terrible. Do you think? Yeah. Aggression, <laughs> regression, silence, yeah. bitter, twisted, um, withdrawal. Yeah. Don't you do you remember when those like stick men were a <laughs> stick men were like a fad? And it would be like, hi, I'm Bill. Bill opens his curtains to check the weather rather than look on like facebook be like bill oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything well i'm gonna say don't be like laura because she didn't deal with things very well tell tell the listeners what you did do that you regret because you'll say this yourself right you say you didn't you you wish that you'd handled things differently what did i do uh got drunk yeah uh withdrew um ignored people Mm, yeah that that's that's it really what didn't I do anything didn't do anything other than go to work get up go to work um yeah and hate people yeah (laughs) which is sort of I think it hurts your soul I just think that it's like it eats you up doesn't it when you when you're feeling that much pain and 
resentment and it, it it does oh do you know what I heard the most amazing thing the other day when you hold a resentment for someone else and I imagine like being in your, your situation you went through lots of resentment for other people that got pregnant right yeah 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 a lot and it got worse over the years the more and more people that were have were getting what what I wanted yeah exactly but that, that so this thing I heard about resentment is resentment is like setting yourself on fire and expecting someone else to burn do you know what I mean? That that kind of held anger towards someone else. But actually, the, they they carry on like, they have no idea that you're even feeling that way and carry on like. No, well, I don't know. People probably did know around <laughs> me. But all it, my mean, the meaning of it is that you just hurt so much from holding that kind of resentment. And if you'd found a way at the time to deal with it and to cope with it and to to even just to release it, it might have made your journey less. Yeah, and I think we've spoken before about, you asked me once, how would you have dealt with it differently? Mm. And I think my answer was, I I couldn't have dealt with it differently. I couldn't have, there was no way that I could have done anything to, to, to stop myself from feeling that way towards other people. But what I could have done, the things that I could have controlled, control the controllables, yeah. all the time right. is, is focus on on the things that I could control focus on the other stuff in my life to make myself feel better so that maybe my feelings towards other people weren't quite so resentful yeah we've got on, yeah. gone off on a tangent here though <clears throat> yeah well, well the, the, yeah but the reason there is a region a reason for this tangent in the fact that your book that you wrote as a result of, of all the pain that you went through yeah it's called it will happen and yeah. that is not meant you that's it, it's kind of a uh what's that word ironic isn't it so ironic it's like a fuck you to all the people that said it will happen and yeah use that that phrase that toxic positivity phrase it will happen um yeah people trying to make you think you know after your fourth fifth sixth miscarriage oh don't worry it will happen or what do you mean don't worry I've just gone through it like how do you know it how do you know how the fuck do you know is what I felt like saying to people how the fuck do you know it's gonna happen yeah Um, and so why did you choose that why did you choose that as a title for your book just because you got told it loads or yeah because it was the phrase that bugged me the most and I wrote I, I, I set up a blog and as you know when I first wrote it I set it up for my eyes only I never never thought that I was going to publish it or show it to anyone so I just called it that because that was the phrase at the time that was pissing me off. Um, and then that sort of became the natural way to, the natural name to give the book because it was based on the blog. But um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's been taken in the in the way that I meant it to be. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's a positive phrase, which, you know, any of you guys that are listening that have listened to other episodes, you will know <laughs> that is not me at all. Um, that I am bitter and twisted and resentful and that, you know, I'm <laughs> far from positive. So you probably know the meaning behind it. Maybe. I can actually attest to that massively about her. Debbie Downer is usually what I call you. Yeah. So, yeah, but for people who don't know me, um, yeah, or maybe even people that do, they might think that I had a little phase where I was positive. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt anyone that knows you think that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but with the cover on the book, I tried to make it look like 
<laughs> you thinking about the original cover? Yeah. So funny. Oh my god. So you'll have to. Can you? Have you still got the picture? You'll have to put put it somewhere. Yeah. It's um. It's pretty special. It's a picture of of a, like a, a an angel baby. Fuck knows who this baby is. It was just this random baby. Because on the back there were two men, two men holding hands, walking into the darkness. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and oh, and the, the baby was floating on a pregnancy test, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember. I just remember looking at you, were like, oh, I'm getting the artwork for my book today. And we didn't know each other that well at the time. You're like, I'm getting the artwork for my book. And then you send it through and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we didn't go with that one. No, um, I wanted to make it look like make. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've got the reason we're talking about this is because I've had a couple of messages recently, and I feel like people have got the wrong end of the stick with it. Um, I mean, it can't. It's been read by, you know, lots and lots of people now. Um, so obviously not everyone's got the wrong end of the stick. But I've never re- I've never considered until I got these messages a few days ago that people might might be feeling like that and basically I wrote this book because going through particularly recurrent loss where you're not getting answers and you don't know if you're ever ever going to get there in the end you don't know if it ever will happen um that is a really lonely isolating place to be um, and just sort of one by one, you might have friends who have experienced miscarriage or that are trying to conceive. And one by one, they all go and get their baby and you're still left there wondering when it's when and if it's ever going to be your turn. So the book was meant to be or is um, like a support and a companion to people going through recurrent pregnancy loss. Mm. Um, I talk a bit about the tests and the treatments, the real battle that you get for that you have to go through to get answers and how you have to keep knocking on doors and how you have to advocate for yourself and all the, the, the feelings that you get, the ugly feelings and dealing with all the shitty toxic positivity and stuff like that. All the, all the, I mean, until we started doing this, Bex, this stuff was unspoken. And I mean, we speak about it now a lot, but before no one ever talked about this stuff in all of these online forums, these, these topics weren't, they weren't a thing. Like if you was if you were moaning about your best mate who was having a baby, you were a bitch. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, I think that that it, that's the essential thing, isn't it? I think it's so refreshing in a lot of areas of life. Like to go to to, I think identification is a hugely powerful thing. And I think if you hold that information that you you hate, you cannot bear the fact that you're mate is pregnant with without having tried without having been in a committed relationship for x amount of years um without and trying trying for a baby without that that huge thing that you've been through you hate her even if they have been trying for a baby you still you you still feel that resentment because like I said one after another it just keeps happening for other people and just just think why the fuck not me why is it not happening for me so that that's the basis of the book. But these messages that I've had from people are saying that they they don't feel they can read it and they think they might be too triggered because obviously, as you guys know, my story ended or hasn't ended because I'm still fucking going through it now. But the book ends, the last chapter is that I have a baby. I have my, my little boy, Bertie. Um, and people are put off from reading it because 
Well, I don't know, because they think they're going to find it too triggering until they have their rainbow baby in their arms. But the reason I was having a rant about this yesterday is because that's really upsetting to me because I didn't write it for people who've got rainbow babies. Yeah. I wrote it to support the people who haven't got theirs. And I understand that that last chapter must be triggering and to know that, you know, you're still going through it and I I can appreciate what it feels like because I know that I would have been like, oh, well, she can fucking talk. She's already got hers. (laughs) But the majority of it should be um, very helpful and really thing for people. The important thing I think to remember is that you didn't write it having had Bertie in retrospect, did you? You wrote it while you were in the pain. So at the point in that blog. If you wrote, as you wrote the book, you didn't know that it would happen for you. You didn't know that you would have a successful pregnancy and and go on to have a child. And I think that that is is the the crux of the situation is that people who are saying they don't want to read it because it's easy for you to say because you've had a baby, but you didn't say it when you had a baby. You didn't say it when you knew that it was all going to be okay. So actually, when you read the book, you are reading Nora's experience while she was in the position of not knowing whether it would happen. And I think that makes it the absolute, the best companion for someone who is going through it because you are essentially going through it. And the fact of the matter is that you would not be able to click that publish button. You would not be able to share your story until you had Bertie. And that's just the fact of life. I mean, is it a shame? Not really, because that, that, that was your path and that was just the way it's happened. But I think Mm. the essential thing for people to remember is that it wasn't written retrospectively. It was, it's absolutely felt at that point. I'm going to say this because. The ugly feelings, what I was going to say earlier, and then we started talking about something else, is the ugly feelings, I think the damage that they do when you withhold them because you feel like a bitch for feeling them, all it takes is someone to go, oh, I hate her, and I know I'm, I feel bad for hating her, and you go, oh, no, I hate the two, you know, oh, my God, we're not bitches, we're not, this is normal, it's natural, it must be normal because you feel it and I feel it, and that's too people. Honestly, that was a turning point for me. The, like, the biggest turning point is just accepting that the that I had the feelings, and rather, like, I went to see a counsellor, I've told you before, I went to see a counsellor, not because I'd lost, <laughs> I'd had miscarriages and because I'd lost babies. I went to see a counsellor because I wanted her to help me stop hating pregnant people. <laughs> yeah. And she was just like, um, okay, I think you need to deal with the grief. And I was like, no, no, I have to not hate my sister-in-law. I have to not, I have to be able to have a conversation with a pregnant woman. And, and she was like, I think she thought I was too far gone. It was too damaged to deal with but that honestly was the biggest issue for me and when I talk about my you know the 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 it was Christmas of 2017 when I was in when I started writing and I was in the the worst place ever that was that was my biggest issue that was the thing that I couldn't just could not get my head around and it was in fact it was worse than not being able to have a baby yeah, it's, it's navigating it, isn't it? It's navigating all this stuff that you don't know. You know, we 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 did a post about the unexpected trauma of 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 um, baby loss, yeah. and this is absolutely it, isn't it? It's the unspoken. It's the I know that we talked recently about the taboo within the taboo, and I know that technically we were talking about TFMR, but you know this this whole feeling so resentful of other people who seem to have what you can't have. Mm is 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 a real taboo because it's 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 just embarrassing to feel so shit about someone that you don't, a don't know what what went 
there or be you know you just feel like an arsehole yeah honestly I was quite um I was quite a nice person before this happened I was quite quite happy go lucky (laughs) I can't believe you're happy go lucky but you are nice (laughs) and then the the reason that we wanted to uh mention that today is not not sales have dipped in any way because um yeah I just I don't I wouldn't even mind if I'd never sold any more of the books it's not about it's not about money but what it's about is that that's potentially something that could provide some support and companionship for people who are there and I would hate to think that this book that's been written for those people doesn't get read by those people because they're worried about the ending and one of one of our girls said the other day that she read the book and when it got to the bit about the pregnancy she put it down for a little while she's since finished reading it and said that it was really good FYI but um she (laughs) she just knew herself that she wasn't ready for that bit but um the majority of it is all about the shit which is probably triggering, triggering in itself for some people, but for people who are going through recurrent loss. Um, and it was written that, yeah. Feel like, not like a absolute arsehole, basically. Yeah, definitely. And, it, you know, it was written at the time. I think that's the biggest thing that people need to know is that, because obviously you're, you haven't risen to fame um, until <laughs> after it was published. Your rise to fame was... Um, <laughs> was subsequent to the to the writing of your first book yeah yeah so people knowing you in your at your great giddy height of (laughs) celebrity will probably assume that you've written it now in your current celebrity status whereas it wasn't yeah it was finished before I even met you wasn't it yeah it was hence the the fact that I was privy to the to the amazing design Oh, I was, I spoke to you when, cause you were going to self-publish, weren't you? And then I remember you texted me during the day and said, oh my God, I've just had a, a call from someone who wants to publish my book. It was the same day that we got nominated for that Buzzsprout award. Do you remember? We'd only been going on the podcast for a, what, a month, if that? I don't remember being. We, a, we, we came got, second. We got runner up in the Society up. and Culture podcast award for Buzzsprout. Do you remember? I don't remember that at all. It's only been about six weeks since we, since we pressed go. Fucking hell, we are so good. <laughs> we didn't win. We were runners up. Oh, actually, that that does ring a vague bell now. Anyway, I was just thinking, I've just been, been retrospectively thinking about this episode. Can you cut it where I said, <laughs> just do a beep over that those words? Okay. Go on, find a beep. And then can you do it again when I've just said, <laughs> again and okay. again now? Okay. So, cool no problem there's gonna be a lot of editing this is meant to be an an easy one to edit but we've fucked up so much (laughs) no just i think just the beeps i think everything else can stay in okay cool (laughs) where you started talking about pavlov's dog (laughs) (laughs) no i think that's fine it's educational isn't it (laughs) yeah 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 right i better get on with that then if that's going out this sunday Oh, okay, mate. Mm. Um, Let me know if you need any help. All right, cheers. All right, cheerio then. See you later. Be chatting to you. Bye. Always. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us, and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process. So I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be sixty. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.